0: church experience online we're so happy you joined us today as you watch this teaching video if you have any questions or need help getting connected please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email also our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful growth step resources join a serving team connect in a life group get your questions answered or support this movement financially by giving online At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you've learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online.
1: Well, hey, Church Experience family, I have loved this teaching series we've been in called I Believe, and we've been studying the various religions of the world, not trying to knock other religions, but trying to learn more about what we believe in our Christian faith, and it's been so interesting. In fact, we've only been able to cover a handful of religions. I think we're gonna have to do this again, but today as we wrap up this teaching series, we're gonna study a religion that's based in our own backyard, and that's the religion of Scientology. You can see their flag building, one of their headquarters buildings, right behind me. And this, this religion impacts all of us because it's geography, because it's literally here in the Clearwater area. Well, the religion started around 1950 when L. Ron Hubbard published a book called Dianetics, the Study of Modern Science and Mental Health. And that book stayed on the New York Times best-selling list for six months. And that book became the foundation of a way of thinking, Dianetics, which became the foundation of the religion of Scientology. It didn't start out as a religion. In fact, uh, L. Ron Hubbard was a writer and he wrote this book and this book though, began a movement that is now the religion of Scientology. Now, it's, it's not a huge religion. It, it's not as big as some of the other ones that we've studied. In fact, it's relatively small, but it has a big impact for us because, again, it's in our backyard. So we're going to do a deep dive and learn a little bit more about what they believe, and it begins with how they pull you in. They, they pull you into this religion through a process called auditing. It's very similar to counseling. And what they would teach you in Dianetics is they would say that, that we all have these mental images, these mental pictures in our mind that can go back... Lifetimes, In fact, past lifetimes. They essentially believe in in what would be very similar to reincarnation. And in this process of auditing, using a a piece of technology that they've created called an e-meter, they would get a hold of these mental images, or they call them ingrams, and they would try to clear your mind of these things through this auditing process over a period of time with the eventual goal that you would become clear. Now, once you become clear, they would teach you that, you know, you have this inside you, this, this thetan, which is like your, we would call it probably like a soul, your, your m- most true inner being that has actually inhabited uh, many other bodies throughout uh, multiple lifetimes. And the goal is to become clear of all these ingrams and become your true thetan self to where they would call you an OT or an operating thetan. And once you get to that point of OT and you've spent a lot of money to get there, then there's a whole process OT1 through OT8. And these are various levels of operating thetan. And it's, it's very secretive and, and mysterious, and they, they hold out on some of the more strange teachings till you get further into the process. In fact, uh, level OT8, they will only reveal to you aboard their boat called Free Winds. and you're out to sea in the Caribbean, and, and they'll, they'll teach you OT8. So it's really interesting, but by the time you learn the most strange teachings, you're pretty well hooked into the religion, and you're, you're pretty advanced into it. In fact, some of the things that they'll teach that's pretty far out there, L. Ron Hubbard essentially called himself the Antichrist. In the teachings on level OT8, and this is recorded in a student briefing for the OT8 level series one, he says, The arch enemy of Christ, referred to as the Antichrist, will reign and have opinion and sway. And And he says, My mission could be said to fulfill the biblical promise represented by this brief Antichrist period. So in other words, he thought of himself somewhat as the Antichrist. He started this religion. Well, in this process of going through these various levels, you're going to spend a lot of money. In fact, they charge exorbitant fees, uh, sometimes up to $1,000 per hour. And as you're moving through this process, you're essentially paying your way towards salvation. They don't call it salvation, but that's essentially what you're doing. You contrast that to Christianity, which is also very expensive. But the price has already been paid, and Jesus paid that price for you. And you can freely accept it. It's open to anyone. Well, the highest-ranking member in their hierarchy of this, this various levels of of people as they rise in their religion, is called the Sea Org, and the Sea Org is a group of a people, a group of people of about 5,000, and they're led by their captain who has the rank of captain, David uh, Miscavige, and he's. He's the leader of all of Scientology. And this, this smaller, relatively smaller group, uh, the Sea Org, they represent the most committed people in the religion. In fact, they sign a billion-year contract of service, and, and, and their commitment is to come back and in and, and future lifetimes, to continue to serve uh, out their billion-year commitment. And this group, there's been a lot written about the Sea Org. In fact, the Sea Org, uh, some of them, uh, may be held against their own will for all we know. There's a, there's a lot of con- uh, conjecture about this, but, but many Sea Org members are, are working for, uh, in, in substandard uh, conditions, and they're living in substandard conditions, being paid sometimes as little as $50 a week for 16 hour days uh, throughout the week. It's just a very intense process. They've given literally given their life uh, to being a part of this religion. And the Sea Org, some of the members, um, who are said to be held against their own will. They're held in places like Gold Base, one of their headquarters out in California. And Gold Base has a specific place called The Hole where some members of Scientology are put into that hole. And they've recorded stories, those who have escaped and said that they've been stuck there in that hole for you know, church discipline against their own will and just some crazy stuff that's been happening. And if you're a part of this, a group and you do want to give, get out, let's say you're stuck in, in Gold Base or you're stuck on Freewinds, their ship, if you do escape, they send uh, what they call pursuit teams after you in some cases. And if you do actually get out of the religion, uh, what they can do is send you a freeloader bill. And this freeloader bill can be for tens of thousands of dollars uh, for kind of back payments for all of your involvement in the religion one of the most disconcerting things that they do is they have this process called disconnection. So once you're a part of the religion and maybe your family and friends are a part of the religion, your whole world is surrounded uh, in this religion and you decide to leave, uh, they'll disconnect you. So there's many stories about family members disconnecting from and shunning their own family members. And it's it's heartbreaking. You may even see it from time to time in Clearwater where someone might bring a sign and you can find pictures of this online, but someone would come bring a sign, you know, to a, a mother saying, hey, your grandchild needs you, you know, they, they've, they've never met or they haven't seen them for many years because they've been trapped inside this religion and they're trying to pull them out. In fact, uh, when you go through this process of auditing, um, it's supposed to be confidential, but the auditors are keeping a record of all the things that you say and they have a track record of using the information that you give them through this auditing process to come after you and, and psychologically abusing former members who are leaving the religion uh, using information that they have attained through their auditing process, this is just crazy, right? And I, I think where it affects all of us is there's just a lot of fear in our community around this. Like, there, you hear wild stories, wilder than the ones I'm telling you today, just crazy stories. And, and, and then you hear things like they have 300 cameras downtown monitoring everything that you do. And they're, they're reading license plates of people driving through the area. I mean, and all that can create some fear and some mystery around it. And so the Bible tells us to expose the deeds of darkness. And we believe that if you're not walking with Jesus Christ, then you're not walking in the light. And so it's helpful for us to expose, uh, and we believe it's our, our imperative to expose what the teachings of this religion are that's all around us so that we can learn more about our belief. And so we're going to do that through uh, looking at James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, verse 14, it says, But each person, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-grown, gives birth to death." So, Scientologists have a process. They, They start you in with, you know, the counseling, the auditing, and then they move you through these various levels and these processes. They teach you the more extreme teachings as you get further into it. So, there's a process where you're slowly pulled in. Well, as we learn in the book of James, the devil actually has a process, too and this process begins with your desires, and then those desires eventually lead to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, leads to death. And and sin, if you think of it like a cancer, if you inject it to anything good in your life, it will destroy it, it'll kill it, it'll lead to death. So you can introduce sin into a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship. Eventually that sin can destroy and kill that marriage, that friendship, that business partnership, whatever it is that you introduce sin into, it can destroy it, and so the devil knows this, and he knows it's a process. It doesn't start with destruction. It starts with deception. But it eventually leads to destruction. And It reminds me of this classic Christian quote that, that sin will take you farther than you want to go, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. And as I did a deep dive study on Scientology, that was the quote that really came to my mind because it seems like that once you get in, it really keeps you a lot longer than you want to stay, and it definitely costs you a whole lot more than you ever imagined paying. When I was first moving into our house, I was so excited to plant Florida tropical landscaping. I love you know, nature and I love tropical landscaping especially. So I went out and got a bunch of different kinds of plants. And, and one of the plants that I had growing in my front yard at the time was this elephant uh, ear leaf plant. And they have these huge leaves. You've probably seen them around the area. And, and we had them growing in our front yard. And, and my boys really like these because if you cut off the, this, the stem of this leaf, you would see this really intricate design inside the, the, the stem of this leaf. And so they would play with these and they would, you know, build forts with them and play with them and this sort of thing. And one of my boys was doing this one time and he said, Dad, my, my hands are burning. And, and I kind of dismissed it and I said, well, go wash your hands. And then one of my other boys came up to me a few minutes later and he'd been playing with the same elephant ear leaf branch. And he said, Dad, my hands are really stinging. And I said, well, well go wash your hands. And, and the first boy came back to me and said, Dad, i have washing them, but they're, st- they're starting to sting really bad. And so I'm, I'm telling him to wash his hands even better. And while they're washing their hands, I'm looking up online real quick these elephant ear leaf plants that they've been playing with. And sure enough, they're poisonous. If you, if you get into the, the stuff that they're made of, then it's, it can be poisonous to you. And so they had been uh, impacted by this poison and it started out with fun, right? It started out with fun and games. Have you ever done something like that? Just, just starting out as fun and then it leads you somewhere you don't want to go? Well, that's, that's the devil's strategy. You want, if you think of the devil like a great fisherman, like a pro fisherman, he, 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 knows, he knows how to hunt his prey. He, he knows how to bait his hooks. And to get you looking at what looks shiny and appealing and interesting and, and how, he, how he pulls us in is through curiosity. He pulls us in through unchecked desires, through unchecked curiosity. That's what James tells us. It begins with our desires. It doesn't start with destruction. It begins with our desires. And, and, and we have these interests, these, these passions that are unchecked, these desires that have not been disciplined. And they lead us down a path where we don't want to go. In fact, it tells us in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. So let me just ask you, back away from the religion conversation for a second, let me just ask you, where are you currently being tempted? Where is it that you might need to seek help? Where do you feel drawn down a path that might eventually lead to ruin? Where in your life are you just having fun right now? Where are you just flirting with sin? That's not a big deal, Brandon. I'm just, I'm just having a little fun. You know, I'm just having a good time. Everybody's doing it. Is there any area in your life, right now, we think about this, this could be a question that if you really think about it, could save you from a world of hurt. It might not be a false religion that you're pursuing, but it might be a unhealthy relationship or a future addiction. What is it in your life that you're flirting with that could eventually lead to failure? It's important to know that your small compromises now could lead to big problems later on. So where are those compromises in your life? You know, back to Scientology, this is how people get pulled into that religion, is it starts with a small, hey, free personality test free auditing, free counseling. It's gonna help you reach your maximum potential. They even have a TV broadcast station now and, and they employ lots of money into advertising, lots of things just to get people's curiosity interested. And, and that's why unchecked curiosity can be dangerous. I put it this way in your teaching notes. Distractions are dangerous, so check your curiosity. The distractions are dangerous, so check your curiosity because that's where the devil loves to start and that's his playground. And that's where he pulls people into all kinds of things that, that hurt them spiritually and, and physically in lots of different ways in their life. And the devil knows how to hunt. He knows how to get people interested and the church of scientology has learned this over time in fact they even have a celebrity center out in hollywood for the sole purpose of inducing in people who are famous movie stars uh, people who are opinion leaders so that their influence will influence others their their key influencer probably is is tom cruise in fact the now saying that he has a penthouse that's being uh, built in downtown clearwater on top of a high rise and so he's someone who has got the interest of a lot of people in pop culture because he's a Scientologist. And they purposefully do that with their celebrity center just to pull in influencers so that other people will follow their lead because they're doing the cool thing. It's very interesting how the devil gets us hooked on things. And, and what, are you, what are you watching? What are you scrolling through? What are you listening to? Well, know this for your own battles because in temptation, if you're not aware of how the devil searches and destroys, how he hunts like a lion, then, then you're gonna be left vulnerable. And Scientologists have spent millions of dollars uh, doing all sorts of crazy things, spying on people. For example, uh, one man talked about how they hacked his computer, how they had cameras outside his house, his garbage was taken, how they put devices on his car—just all kinds of wild stuff. And it started, you know, probably with a very small uh, bit of curiosity. And in fact, Scientology—just some of their stories that are out there—they filed countless lawsuits against governments, against organizations, against individuals. There's one well-known story called Operation Snow White, where they. they. They literally infiltrated with dozens and dozens of their agents. They infiltrated all kinds of, in fact, over 100 uh, agencies, government agencies, other organizations, and they literally went in spying, wiretapping, uh, stealing uh, government documents. And it was literally called Operation Snow White, and several people went to jail for it. They were caught in time, but they literally had the audacity to walk into the IRS and steal documents, multiple documents, multiple times from organizations like those. There's another operation they did called Operation Freakout or Operation Dynamite, where they literally Tried to destroy the author Paulette Cooper. She wrote a book called The Scandal of Scientology, and her book that came out in the 70s um, became a problem for them because she was exposing aspects of Scientology that they didn't want other people to know about. And so they literally went after her, and this has been documented. They found uh, documents that show that they literally were trying to set her up and destroy her. In fact, it got so serious that they stole some stationery from her apartment that had her fingerprints on it, and they wrote a bomb threat A few days later after they stole the stationery, these bomb threats arrived at the New York Church of Scientology, and uh, Paulette, author Paulette, was actually arraigned and almost went to jail. She was not convicted. They did find documents eventually that proved her innocence. But these are the kind of things that they've done. Uh, Someone said that they received death threats um, after leaving and voicing their antagonism against the uh, the agenda of Scientologists. Uh, Scientologists have been known to have a practice called fair game. They say they don't practice it anymore, but they've had this practice. that seems like it's still a play called fair game. And That's that anyone who becomes an SP, a suppressive person, someone who's against their religion, they can go after them. They can sue them. They can lie to them. They can try to destroy them and trick them and do all these sorts of things against them with no recourse from the religion that they would support that. In fact, uh, they even planned against the mayor of Clearwater, at one point it's documented, they, they planned to frame him with a fake hit and run accident. So just like wild stuff. And you, and you hear all this and you're like, how did, how did all this start? Like, how did all this start? It's interesting that you should ask that because um, one person uh, is quoted as saying that Hubbard, L. Ron Hubbard, who wrote the book in 1950 that started the religion, he said, you don't get rich writing science fiction. He was a science fiction author if you want to get rich, he said, start a religion. And he was quoted as saying the only way to control people is to lie to them. Wow. That's how it was started. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, talking about the devil, it says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we shouldn't be surprised that that there is lies behind a lot of the false teaching that people buy into in our world because the devil's behind it and the Bible says that he's the father of lies. Well if we had time we could talk about a lot of other lies that are a part of that uh, belief system but the most concerning view is probably the the view that they have of Jesus. Um, Their definition of Jesus actually changes as you go further along in the religion and it starts out that he's a good teacher and their basic levels of teaching but then as you get into it they Expose Jesus as a fraud, and worse, um, as you get further into it. And Hubbard actually is said that Jesus is a hologram projected onto the earth to trick people into following a lie. And they believe in Scientology that they are the only hope, not not Jesus. And and it's it's so crazy. In fact, I remember when I was a child, my my dad. Um, with me and my two brothers, he'd wrestle us all the time and he'd get us on the ground and, and he'd love to give us like noogies on our head and, you know, that's, that's probably what happened. <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, he would, he would pin us down, he'd take his whiskers and he'd rub them on our faces, we're like, Dad, stop. But the thing that we all hated is he would eventually get us and he'd pin us underneath him and we were young boys and he'd, sometimes more than one of us, two, maybe even all three of us at the same time, and he'd pin us down and hold us down so we couldn't get up and I remember that feeling still being stuck. And I I don't have any long-term problems from it. I'm not claustrophobic or anything, but i felt it in the moment. I I felt claustrophobic because I was pinned. I was stuck. Interestingly, in Scientology, they they say that, that they are the road to total freedom. But what's interesting is that there's so many reports of former Scientologists that said that they have been stripped of their freedom, held against their will, all kinds of crazy stuff, fearful of leaving so that they wouldn't get disconnected from their family and their loved ones, and all kinds of wild things where their freedom was actually taken from them. And then that they also say that they're the hope of mankind. We believe that Jesus is the hope of mankind. That's, that's our belief. That's, and that's what I believe. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I put it this way in your teaching notes. Lies imprison me, but God's truth frees me. Lies imprison me. That, that's the devil's aim, to take your freedom, to steal your freedom. Jesus' aim is to let you live free, because the truth will set you free. And when you find truth in Christ, you'll be able to walk in freedom. You'll find freedom from false teaching, from the lies of the world. In Jesus, you'll, you'll find freedom from sin and, and restless wandering, and the consequences and pain of sin. You'll find freedom from addictions and problems. See, Jesus comes to bring freedom. Some have asked, you know, why, why does the Church of Scientology have a cross on top? What's that all about? Well, it's, it's not exactly a cross. It's a cross with a couple other lines through it. And, and what that is all about is the eight corners that that creates, the, the eight angles on that cross stand for the eight levels of Scientology, the eight aspects of, of Dianetics. And that's where that comes from. Well, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 30, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we've been talking about in the religion of Scientology, there's a lot of work to it. It's it's not an easy road. There's a lot of work as you advance to get clear and then you spend a lot of money moving through the process of OT1 to OT8. In fact, you can spend, they say, hundreds of thousands of dollars in this process. Well, underneath all of that, they have this belief where they want you to maximize your potential. That's really the marketing campaign that you'll, you'll maximize your potential. And they have this belief, this understanding that that man is fundamentally good and just needs to be improved. Christianity is different in this way that it teaches that fundamentally man has a problem. They're not all good. In fact, they don't need just improvement. They have a big problem that we're, we're dead. We're dead in our sins and our transgressions against a holy God. And so we need more than just a process, varying levels and work to get us to a better place. We need the grace and forgiveness of God. We need his empowerment and his help. We need his spirit inside of us. We need the old to go so the new could come. We need to die to sin so we could be raised to life in Jesus Christ. So that's a fundamental difference. Now, we've been talking about a lot of crazy stories today and, you know, some of the ones you've heard. And there's, I'm sure, a lot more out there. But when you hear these crazy stories, and although there's relatively few people in number that are part of the religion of Scientology, it makes you wonder, why do people spend so much money? Why do people put so much effort into be a part of something that has such a crazy history and does so many crazy things. Why would they do that? And I, I think the answer of why, and, and maybe the bigger question is, why do people get wrapped up in, in so many different crazy things in the world? Why do people give their souls and their lives and their time and their hearts to so many things in our world? And, and we look back and say, well, why would they do that? Well, I, I think underneath that question is something that could be really helpful for us, a great takeaway today. And it's, it's found in, in the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where it says, where there is... No revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the man who heeds wisdom's instruction. So where there's no revelation, in other words, where there's, there's, there's no understanding about God, where, where God, his voice is not being heard, his wisdom is not being acknowledged, where his ways are not being preached and heard and digested and lived out, where, where, where people are not walking with God and knowing his word and knowing his way. When, when people are, are not aware of and informed of truth, then they cast off restraint, they cast off restraint. So what it's saying is without a vision, without, without a revelation of God, without, without knowledge of God and His truth, then, then people can get into all kinds of crazy stuff because they're searching for something. You know, there's kind of a parallel verse in the book of Exodus chapter 32 where, you know, Moses and Joshua go up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and they come down and they see this crazy site where the people have erected in the interim this golden calf and they have started singing and worshiping it and, and praying and dancing. And it's just this wild scene that they come down and they, and they see this. And in Exodus chapter 32, verse 25, Moses saw that the people were running wild. Notice that. The people were running wild and that Aaron had led them to get out of control. He'd let them get out of control and so became a laughingstock to their enemies. So that first part's really important. Moses saw that the people were running wild. They had have, they have got out of control. Now that word running wild, para, in the original language, is the same exact word. Para is the same exact word used in Proverbs 29 where it says people cast off restraint. So when people don't have the revelation of God, when when they're not walking closely with God, when they don't have His truth in their life and they're not filled and their souls not filled with Him and they're not in love with God, well the natural tendency is to cast off restraint to run wild, to get crazy, to worship other things like they did in making this seems crazy to us, but why would they worship this golden calf? Well, they were not worshiping the Lord their God and loving Him, so they started loving other things. And people do get into all kinds of crazy lies and traps in this world and addictions and problems, and a lot of that comes down to our fundamental problem that we've cast off restraint. We've, We've lost control because we've lost vision and revelation of God. Our soul's hungry for something. And we want to worship something. We want to love something. And so we can get wrapped up in all kinds of things. And, and we can make false idols like they did with the calf out of all kinds of things. Even good things that God wants to be a part of our life can become the things that people start to worship in our world. And, and you see it all the time. People living for things like careers and hobbies and sports and entertainment, uh, houses and boats and vehicles and reputation and social media and friends and activities, shopping, clothes, pets, money, investing, progress, accomplishments, the, the list goes on and on and on. And it really could be anything. But it's, it's when our, our soul is empty because it's not filled with the revelation, with the truth of God. Ultimately what that revelation is about is the, the revelation of God, the, the news of God, the gospel of God, the good news of Jesus Christ that, that we can be in a personal relationship. Not a religion but a relationship. That's what God wanted for us all along is for our hearts to be filled with relationship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what He wants from us. And when we, we're not loving Him with all of our heart, then we can naturally drift into religion. We can dr- naturally drift into worshiping all sorts of things. And so, what is it that your soul is thirsting for? Well, I would contend that the answer is Jesus, whether you recognize it or not, it's, it's, it's God the Father. And, and whether you've acknowledged that or not, that's what your soul is thirsty for. So, so what are you doing about that? You know, St. Augustine, in his famous Confessions, wrote that that you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. You know, we bounce from one endeavor to another when we're not filling our lives with God and His truth. And so my hope is that you'll fill your mind, that you won't live by the way of the world, which the way of the world is to chase all these other endeavors to, to fill us somehow, to bring love into our life and fulfillment and meaning. But meaning and purpose, true meaning and purpose is found in God's truth. It's found in a relationship with Him because under all of it is a God that loves you and, and doesn't want a religion for you. He wants a relationship with you. Romans chapter 12, finally in verse it tells us this it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will. It says, don't conform to the pattern of the world. So, the world's ways, I mean, they're crazy at times, right? It's, it's pursuing all these other ways of living to, to bring fulfillment inside of me, but, but don't conform to that. Don't chase the ways of the world. Don't chase success and wealth and pleasure and all those things trying to find something that will fill your soul and feed your soul. In fact, pursue Jesus, pursue God's Word, pursue His truth. And, and I put the question in your teaching notes this way What's filling my restless mind? What's filling my restless mind? What what are you putting into your mind? Because the battle is won and lost in your mind. What are you filling your mind with? Is it God and His ways and His truth? Or is it the ways of this world? What are you filling your, your mind with? My hope is that you'll fill your mind with truth so that you can believe what God wants you to believe, and that's truth, so that you can find what God wants you to find, and that's love. Right on.
0: Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.